auto dealers. Are you missing the most engaged buyers because you don't know where to find them? At eBay Motors, you'll find buyers so motivated, they purchase a car or truck once every three minutes. Just call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Welcome to Daily Drive for Thursday, July 7th, 2022. I'm your host, Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show, the Biden administration could tell states to set their own tailpipe emission targets. The sale of CDK Global is complete. And Cruz's self-driving taxis are off to a rough start in San Francisco. Plus a conversation with Kia America's new COO, Steve Center. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. The U.S. Department of Transportation is proposing a rule that would require states to set new targets for reducing tailpipe emissions on the national highway system. Officials say states will have the flexibility to set their targets as long as they are in line with the Biden administration's net zero goals by 2050. States would also be required to report on their progress toward meeting the targets, The proposed rule follows the Supreme Court's recent decision limiting the Environmental Protection Agency's power to combat climate change. CDK Global has completed its sale to investment firm Brookfield Business Partners. The Illinois-based dealership technology company said in a regulatory filing that the deal was finalized with a price tag of about $8.7 billion. CDK in April agreed to sell to Brookfield Business Partners with CDK shareholders receiving almost $55 per share in cash. CDK's stock will no longer be publicly traded. Volkswagen of America's head of marketing is leaving the automaker after less than two years on the job. Kimberly Gardner was hired away from Mitsubishi Motors North America in November 2020 as VW's senior vice president for brand marketing. She had previously led marketing efforts at Kia in the U.S., Gardner was in her role at VW during the brand's roundly criticized April Fool's Volkswagen stunt in March 2021, which resulted in a U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission investigation. A spokesman for VW declined to comment on her departure, which is effective July 15th. And Cruz's launch of its self-driving taxis in San Francisco has been difficult, to say the least. Just one day after California regulators awarded Cruz a milestone permit to commercialize its autonomous technology, one of the company's vehicles was involved in a crash that resulted in multiple injuries. On the night of June 3rd, a Cruz vehicle operating in autonomous mode made a left turn in front of an oncoming Toyota Prius at an intersection. Occupants of both vehicles were injured, according to a Cruz report filed with the California Department of Motor Vehicles. The report says police and emergency medical services treated the occupants for, quote, allegedly minor injuries. Cruz claims the Prius was speeding and that it had continued straight from a right turn lane. It's one in a series of incidents with the launch. On June 28th, several cruise vehicles clustered in a city intersection and blocked off traffic for several hours. In April, one of the company's AVs blocked the path of a San Francisco fire department truck on its way to a fire that ultimately resulted in injuries. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, today's top story, the Biden administration proposed a rule that would require states to set their own tailpipe emission standards. How do you think this will play out? I really have almost no idea. It sounds like what they're offering is for each state to be able to 
pursue California like proposals. They can set their own limits on what can be sold or uh, rules for how many EVs have to be sold. But it really isn't clear. It doesn't spell it out. Maybe that's part of the flexibility. Seems like if you're trying to limit the emissions, uh, maybe it's about what's allowed on the roads, but we'll just have to see what happens over time. And we'll keep you up to date as more information comes in about the new proposed rule. Coming up, we'll hear from Kia America's new chief operating officer, Steve Center, about what's in store for the company as it ramps up electrification and deals with supply chain woes with the rest of the industry. That's next on Daily Drive. The most motivated car buyers aren't knocking on your door anymore. They're online, but you don't have to look far. You can find them at eBay Motors. Our platform features over 7 million engaged users. Our buyers are so engaged, they enter over 3 billion search impressions per month and buy a car or truck every three minutes. Today's car buyer has high expectations when they browse online. eBay Motors helps you meet those expectations. Use machine learning with our AI-driven vehicle pages, and you'll automatically optimize your buyer's experience. It's as easy as listing your inventory and watching as the most engaged buyers find you. If you've ever uploaded your automotive inventory to a website, you have more than enough skills to get your cars listed on eBay Motors. It will feel like you're setting up an entirely new car dealership within minutes. Once you list your available inventory, you'll have additional support from the platform, including a single destination page for your entire brand. Want to generate more sales automatically? eBay Motors lets you choose between auction, classified, and fixed-price listing options so the site does the heavy lifting. It even integrates with your existing dealer or vehicle management system. All you have to do is list your inventory. Sit back, relax, watch a movie, and then check back in to see the sales you've made. How do you start? It's as simple as creating an account. Call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Find out why selling cars has never been this easy. That number again, 866-210-5362. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. Second quarter sales results are down for most of the auto industry, but one company that has fared better this year is Kia. Sales fell 17% in the second quarter amid supply problems, which is not bad compared to most other automakers. But there are plenty of challenges ahead as the brand gets ready to roll out new electric models amid ongoing supply chain problems. I got a chance to catch up with Kia America's new COO, Steve Center, after six months on the job. We talked about Kia's strategy for the next few years and whether it will be able to keep up its momentum. Here's our conversation. Steve Center, welcome to Daily Drive. Thank you. Glad to be here. So Kia has been doing very well, sales down a lot less than the market overall, and a lot of momentum on the EV side. So I want to start there with EVs and the product cadence. Tell us about pretty aggressive uh, product plans from Kia. Yeah, I I call it the uh, two C's, commitment first and cadence second. So we've introduced um, the new EV6 at the beginning of the year, which is on our global platform. And uh, they're selling as fast as we can make them and get them here. And uh, we're introducing a new a Nero EV, and that'll be the second generation uh, Nero EV uh, later this year. Electric cars right now are very popular. I think that uh, the demand is there now, and it's perhaps even understated because you can only show sales. And in the next few years, as more and more models come 
the adoption is really going to take off. So, you know, it's said that uh, change is slow to come and then it happens all at once. We're probably at that all at once point now. As you see all of the new models from the competition coming out, the market's going to light up. Yeah, definitely. That is a, a phenomenon. Although, you know, at Kia, you've got a very steady cadence to use your own uh, C word, right? It's one new EV every year. Yeah, two a year, 14 by 2027. And there's something everyone should keep in mind, and that's that we're at a point in time right now where there are two industries coexisting. There's the traditional internal combustion industry, and then there's the EV industry. And there are players that are only in the EV business, and there are traditional players from internal combustion that are switching over. And to the extent that you're not early in this space, you're not going to get the share, and it's going to be held to get the share later because you're not going to have the same brand that you're carrying over across that line. So one of our strategies is to be early and to uh, take up available market as it grows. Well, you've definitely been aggressive getting out there with the original Nero and, uh, and the EV lineup. I guess my concern when you talk about you know, really the two separate industries, the two separate markets, gosh, you know, affordability is such a problem in the internal combustion market. And at least what we're seeing currently in EVs, they're significantly more expensive, you know, like 10, 20%. Is that something that you see that gap narrowing or even flipping? Or is there just, is there enough demand for EVs to buy them by the millions at that high price? What we should consider is that it's a separate industry and it's going to have its own rules. So if you think about it, electric vehicles more expensive today, that doesn't mean that it will be relatively equivalent in the future as the industry and the suppliers and the materials scale better. But the thing to consider is that since it's a different business, perhaps the financing ought to be different. So today you have traditional three-year leases, two cars, one's more expensive, same residual, the payments are higher. But it might be because of the nature of electric vehicles lasting longer, needing uh, less maintenance in some cases, that you can finance them over longer periods of time. Or it might be that uh, on a 10-year horizon, it has three owners or three leases. So we shouldn't really be bound by the existing rules to the extent that at this moment, we have a competition or a choice between an internal combustion car and an electric car. You see those differences, but pretty soon the market's going to self-select and there are going to be customers out there that are either EV buyers or internal combustion. And you're not going to see uh, the comparisons. People don't walk into a showroom thinking, oh, I don't know, I'll buy this or that. That's probably going to change. Yeah, yeah, you're I think you're absolutely right. There's there's not many people if they're if they're open to an EV, they know it going in for the most part. I've heard some dealers say they've talked people into it, given it a try, but that seems pretty rare. Right. But it's gonna shift. If the market's a hundred percent, it's not a hundred percent this way or that way. But that line is gonna continue to creep across every every year. So I'm really intrigued by the plans for the EV nine. And I know you aren't going to give me a sticker price, you know, for a future vehicle that we haven't even seen, but 
I mean, a three-row vehicle like that, do you feel confident that it can be priced for regular families? I mean, it's not, you're not going to price it like a Model X, right? What we're going to do is price it where the market is for that type of vehicle, and it's going to be an early vehicle to the market in that segment. What you probably find, this is something I've said in the past, is cars are kind of like beef. There are more expensive cuts that sell for more per pound. And a three-row SUV might price more like filet mignon <laughs> than a ground chuck. So the point is for it to be affordable. Uh, it's not a penalty box type of car. It's not an entry car. Uh, three-row SUVs are very popular as family cars, and they tend to understand uh, the costs involved. And the competition that it's dealing with some other three-row SUVs, or at least the only ones that exist today, which are internal combustion, are well upwards of uh, $50,000, $70,000. $70, so we're pretty confident we'll be able to place that car in the market where uh, the price uh, expectation is. Absolutely. Something competitive on total cost of ownership. Like you said, take, you have, uh, have to think about the whole process, that, that it, is a, it is a different type of vehicle. So, yeah. Well, a lot of the SUV owners own homes, so they're predisposed for charging at home. So you have the fuel factor in there as well. But uh, there isn't any reason for the car to be outrageously priced because we've got a lot of experience at this point uh, with this platform and with the costing and uh, with the manufacturing. So we're not going into this blind. Of course, the, most sales at this point still are not electric vehicles. They're mostly uh, crossovers and SUVs. Uh, Kia last month, I think, was up to 71% uh, utilities, crossovers and, and SUVs. Could that peak? Is that a, something that goes to 80% or, or what? Again, it's up to the market. But um, when I began my career, the light truck part of the industry was 15%. <laughs> And a five-door car then was really a freaky thing from Europe. And today, everybody wants a fifth door. People have changed the way they use cars, the way they live. It could go to 90. Sedans are great cars. It's for a different purpose. We're not concerned about that. We've got a full lineup. We're adding to it. We spoke a moment ago about positioning for EV9. In the case of Kia, Telluride has pretty much teed us up for that because it's brought a whole new kind of customer to us with a much higher income, much higher education. So the gap for the brand is minor at this point. I would say maybe before Telluride, it would have been a real reach to try to attract that kind of customer. But we're dealing with them for uh, with EV6 as well. So I think uh, the SUVs are uh, going to dominate for the foreseeable future. Of course, uh, you know, sales volume right now is so dependent on chip supply. Are you confident? Are you feeling like you have a better feel for the second half of the year? What's your outlook? We think so. One of the challenges has been controlling your mix. This is probably the most complicated industry uh, on top of the market because the market gets a little whimsical also. What we're seeing is a continuing trend towards SUVs, continuing trend towards more upper trim cars with more technology. And also we've introduced many new cars 
and are introducing more uh, fully renovated cars in the near future. And every time you do that, the chip intensity goes up per car as you add more safety equipment and you add more technology features. So what we're running at is um, maybe a, a difficult supply situation and demanding more and more per car as we move forward. And, and everyone has that challenge. It seems that we've uh, managed it better than most. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News Coordinating Producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on product plans, federal regulation, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.